Hi, it's Rob West. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to let you know that last year, more than 45,000 people searched for a local certified kingdom advisor or CKA in their area. These financial, legal, and accounting professionals have completed a certification program to give biblically wise financial advice as a part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Find a CKA button on the homepage. Raising children and managing money are always a challenge, but even more so for the single parent. Hi, I'm Rob West. The U.S. has the dubious distinction of being a world leader in single-parent households. For parents on their own, staying on budget and saving for emergencies may seem impossible. I'll give some advice today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. For single parents grappling with money issues, I think a good place to start would be with organization. If you suddenly find yourself taking on the role of a single parent, maybe you weren't the one doing the bills and handling finances. So get yourself a folder or binder to start gathering your financial documents. You can expand that to a more extensive filing system as you go. Then gather up all of your paid bills and keep them in one place. You could use another folder for that, but even a shoebox will work. Now, you need to make up a chart or calendar for all of your bills and the days of the month when they're due. If you see dates coming up soon and you know you won't have the money to pay one or more of those bills, contact the creditors and let them know your situation. They may be able to give you an extension or help in some other way. Uh, Keep in mind, and I can't stress this enough, it's never a good idea to run from your creditors. Run toward them instead. This will help preserve your good credit rating. Now, you're ready to draw up your spending plan. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just do the best you can and know that it will change probably quite often in the months ahead. The free MoneyWise app is a great tool to develop your spending plan. It has three different ways you can set up your budget. One of them will work for your particular situation. You can download it wherever you get your apps. Now, as you set up your budget, you'll input your total monthly income and then assign money to the various categories you set up. Besides your recurring bills, these would include your giving, groceries, debt, and other expenses. You have to keep spending in the various categories to within limits for this to work. I won't give a percentage for every category, but just know that you'll have problems if more than 25% of your take-home pay goes to housing. Uh, Food shouldn't exceed 15%. Transportation, another 15%. Of course, the goal is to have some money left over. You need that margin or discretionary income to start building your emergency fund of three to six months living expenses and to invest for the future. Now, if you discover that you don't have enough to cover all of your expenses, don't panic. It's not the end of the world. You have two options. You can find ways to trim your expenses or look for ways to bring in extra money or both. Uh, Let's start with cutting your expenses. 
I would go over each category in your budget one at a time and think of ways you can cut spending. The grocery category is often a place where you can trim without sacrificing nutrition. Avoid processed packaged foods and prepare your own meals. Make a list before you go to the store based on a menu plan and stick to it. I would avoid eating out. If you can't cut your cable entirely, can you go to a more basic package? The same with your phone. Can you get by with a less expensive plan? You need adequate insurance for your home and auto, but if you combine the two, you can probably save money. Now, once you've trimmed all of your expenses, you may find that your budget is balanced. If not, then you'll have to look at the income side of the equation. You'll either need to pick up more hours on your job or look for a second one. If you feel you deserve a raise, but you were putting off asking your boss, well, now's a great time to do it. Employers are still desperate to retain good workers. A lot more work-from-home opportunities are available these days, but be careful because there are plenty of scams, too. The best way to earn money working from home is to find a company that would pay you to do work on site and then convince them that they can save money, no office space needed, for example, by letting you do it from home. And a last word for single parents experiencing financial difficulties, God is with you regardless of your circumstances. I've counseled with hundreds of single parent families. I know how challenging it can be. Invite God into your financial life through prayer. Turn it over to him. Don't rob him of the opportunity to provide by using debt. And let others know where you're at in your situation. The body of Christ can rally around you to be an encouragement in this difficult time. Deuteronomy 31.6 tells you, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Siri, what's the best way to save for college? Hmm, I'm not sure. Well, what does the Bible say about co-signing for a loan or investing for retirement? I don't know that either, but you can find those answers on the free MoneyWise app. Really? Sure. You can connect with the online community and get answers and encouragement from MoneyWise coaches. That sounds great. Siri, download the MoneyWise app. Got it. Learn, Learn more, more at MoneyWise.org. Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. And here's the website chministries.org. C-A-C-H-Ministries.org. to MoneyWise. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions. You know, as we lean into the promises of God, we know that His ways are higher than our own. And so when we're willing to submit 
including this area of money, doesn't mean things are always going to go great. And we're still going to have plenty of trials. Just look at the Apostle Paul for that. But we put ourselves in a, a position to experience God's best and the blessing from knowing that we're pursuing His ways in our life, including in this area of money. You know, so often we fail to invite God into our financial life in prayer and in practice, just as we submit to His ultimate ownership of everything and our role as stewards. Let's head back to the phones. Uh, Muskegon, Michigan. Hey, Shane, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hey, Rob. Love your show. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you, sir. I am calling today because my company does not offer a 401k, and I've been saving approximately $4,000 so far that I plan on opening an IRA with. Okay. What I'm wondering is, previously I've heard of a different company that you suggested that uses Kingdom Objectives for their portfolios and their decisions on which companies to invest in. And I was wondering if there's something like that for those that are just starting out with less money. Yeah, it's a great question. And although this whole space of faith-based investing is growing pretty rapidly, uh, there are limited options um, when you're just starting out. Uh, now, you can use some of these faith-based investing fund families and uh, just pick, a, you know, several high-quality mutual funds and, you know, go that direction. And that would be a great option for you, even with a smaller uh, IRA. Uh, I do think the IRA is a great solution for you, at least as a starting point. Now, you're going to hit that maximum contribution limit of $6,000, at least for this year, and probably want to be able to put a bit more away. And uh, But, you know, I think if you don't have anything, certainly starting and being disciplined to, at the very least, fully fund your IRA every year would be a great choice. Now, in terms of using faith-based investing solutions, I would look at some of the fun families on our website at moneywise.org. You could check out Eventide. You could check out our friends at Crossmark Global. You could look at uh, the Inspire Fund family. Uh, you could also look at Guidestone. Um, any of those all offer really high-quality mutual funds with various investment objectives, some that are on the fixed income side, some that are more on the uh, this equity side, and then a mix, whether it's large cap and small cap, international and domestic. Another fund family would be Praxis as well. And you could use any of those to construct a portfolio that makes sense for you in terms of your age and your risk tolerance and know that your investments, your deployment of capital is aligned with your values. And I hear uh, that that's important to you as you ask this question. And so I think using one of those fund, fund families would allow you to get started, get this money growing for you. It's a great time right now with the market down pretty significantly. Um, but these are high quality uh, investments that really are aligned specifically with uh, Christian values. Does all that make sense? Thank you. Yes. Um, so the high quality mutual funds would fall into an IRA. Oh, yeah. You can buy these mutual funds. So you'd probably want to open that IRA at a Schwab or a Fidelity, uh, one of the discount brokerages, and then you could purchase these mutual funds uh, through that IRA uh, you know, on those platforms. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You, you are very welcome, Shane. Thanks for calling. If we can help further, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, Donna's in Troy, Missouri. Hey, Donna, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, Rob. Yes, um, I'm on Social Security Disability, and I was wondering if there was some type of account that you could have and still get your Medicaid and Medicare premiums. Okay. Is there Are, some type of um, trust fund or something if somebody leaves you some inheritance? Ah, yeah. So you're looking for, you don't want to be disqualified for those based on your assets. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. You know, that would ultimately be um, a question you'd want to talk to um, an attorney about who could help you with some of those limits. I mean, there are income and asset limits that uh, ultimately disqualify you from those programs, and there really aren't a whole lot of ways around them. And not that we would want to try to get around them because they're there uh, to limit that program for folks who don't have those types of assets. Did you receive an inheritance, Donna, that you could perhaps use to fund some of your expenses moving forward? Not yet. I was just looking for the possible future. Prob- I see. You know, something in the future. Yeah, and that's always a good idea. You want to be well-planned and understand the implications of any money you might receive on and how it will affect uh, any benefits or entitlements you're receiving through the U.S. government. Um, and so I think that's a good idea. So basically what you'd want to do is reach out to an attorney who specializes in this area just to find out more about what those income limits are so you can do some planning and asset limits and understand the implications of of uh, when that money is received, how it will affect uh, the benefits you're currently receiving. So I would reach out to a certified kingdom advisor in your area, ask for a referral uh, to an attorney who could help you understand that. Um, Generally, an elder care attorney will specialize in these types of issues and can help you talk through any legal instruments that might be necessary that could offer some uh, protections here if, for instance, you had you know, long-term health care issues that needed to be addressed through uh, some sort of trust that could be put in place if that's needed. But um, that gets pretty complicated pretty quickly. So I wouldn't want to necessarily try to give you any advice here over the radio. So I think you ought to seek some wise counsel there. Again, just head to our website, moneywise.org, click find a CKA and ask for a referral to an elder care attorney. And Donna, uh, let us know if we can help further uh, in the future. God bless you. Edner in Indianapolis. Go right ahead. Uh, good afternoon, Rob. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I sure can. Go right ahead. Oh, yes, sir. I just wanted to say that uh, thank you for answering my call, and then I listen to you as much as I can, and I love your show. Well, I think you. I'm a little bit wiser by listening to you. So, <laughs> Well, I certainly <laughs> hope so. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> So because I, I never really thought about saving money or anything like that, but ever since I started listening to you, it just got me thinking. But my uh, yesterday I heard you was talking about I-bonds, and then I kind of looked it up, but I didn't see much. But then I was wondering, is there something that you can use for, like, uh, retirement purposes or something? If you put money on it every year, how does that work? 
You cannot, Edner. You can't uh, put um, an I-bond into an IRA or any type of retirement account. It's got to be non-qualified money. So you would want to think in terms of a savings account that you have where you have at least a one-year time horizon, but it's outside of any retirement account. So this would be money probably outside of your retirement, not a part of your emergency fund because you're not going to be able to get to it for a year. But if you've got money up to $10,000 per person per calendar year, I-bonds are great right now, as you said, paying a great rate. Go to treasurydirect.gov, open an account, and then you can transfer the funds in. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. Investing is more than just returns. It's an expression of who you are and what you value. Does the way you invest your money reflect your identity as a Christian? At Eventide, we design investments for performance and a better world, so you can invest with a confidence to reach your financial goals while remaining true to your Christian values and commitments. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More is available at investeventide.com. That's investeventide.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions today on anything financial, applying the wisdom from God's Word to our financial decisions and choices today. Let's head right back to the phones, WMBI in Homewood, Illinois. Michael, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Um, I guess I'm struggling with how to navigate the squeeze. And what I mean by the squeeze is that all of the variables outside of your efforts to control your expenses that are continuously going up. You know, right now my property taxes and my escrow and my mortgage insurance went up. My, you know, gas taxes at the pump has gone up. Gas expense at the pump has gone up. All these different things that are squeezing the individuals in, you know, in the body of the Christ. And so when you try to have this strong savings effort, trying to do the right thing by putting as much as you can into your 401k and all of these things uh, in your latter years, um, it just feels like, it's just frustrating because it doesn't look like you're able to do what you, what you're planning, what you planned out to do. Yeah. Well, I can certainly appreciate that, Michael. You're exactly right. I mean, the average American family now spending $500 a month on average more per month, just on basic living expenses, you know, cooling and heating the home and putting gas in the car and food on the table and a whole host of other issues, not to mention the incredible inflation we've got, the increases in car prices. If we're trying to buy a new or used car, what's going on in the housing market. So I think the key is how do we weather the storm in the meantime? And that's either got to be pulling from our emergency reserves with a recognition that once these prices normalize, then we'll get back and refund that emergency fund for the next unexpected expense. Or if we don't have that fund built up, uh, then it's, you know, and we were already living paycheck to paycheck. Well, then we're stuck with making some really hard decisions about how we can cut back because ultimately it comes down to, can we live within our means. Living within your means is essential to being able to have 
any kind of margin available to fund those priorities that, that we have that align with our values, like being able to save for a car replacement or retirement or a college education or being able to respond with additional giving as needs present. All of that is required in, in being able to live within our means. And it may be that for this season, we've got to pull back on some of those other things we were saving for just to make the budget balance, because obviously that's paramount. Um, so I realize it's all easier said than done. Everybody's dealing with this, Michael, right now. And I think it does require us to go back and take another hard look at that spending plan with fresh eyes and say, okay, I know I've got to keep food on the table and the utilities paid and uh, the house payment current and uh, gas in the car so I can get to work, but everything else is on the table and a candidate to be cut or reduced. I might need to cancel subscriptions and, you know, uh, cut back on discretionary spending, those kinds of things. I mean, this is one of those seasons where we've got to take a fresh look at our budget and make some hard choices. So uh, give me your thoughts on that, though. Yeah, I, I think all of that is great. I, I I, I truly appreciate that. I just, it's, yeah. I keep on trying to talk myself into God's principles, but it's just frustrating because when I look at biblical texts, I don't see the squeeze. I see Caesar's tax, of course. I see, you know, drought periods, but I don't see the squeeze where you're these increasing, everyone's looking for an increased margin. Yeah. And I feel like the economy is polarized. Either it's the haves and have nots, there's no middle ground anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I certainly understand that. And a lot of what we're experiencing right now is a result of violation of biblical principles, frankly. I mean, easy money has led to the situation we find ourselves in today. And now we're trying to right-size what has come to roost, and that is going to be painful. It already has been, and it will continue to be. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, God's principles apply to individuals and nations. And although we're still in a much better shape if we're grading our on a curve versus the rest of the world, we've got our own challenges and some big headwinds and bigger challenges down the road, just given the uh, aging of the workforce, the fact that we're not replenishing that, and we've got sky-high debt levels that, as interest rates rise, I mean, we could be looking at, uh, well, the the amount of money it's going to take to service our debt in the future is just astronomical. So we've got to make some hard choices as a country, but we also need to make some hard choices as individuals. A lot of this clearly not of our own doing in terms of there's nothing we can do um, but to try to, you know, accommodate and live within, uh, you know, this challenging environment. And it might be that despite the fact you want to get out of debt, and I can certainly appreciate that, this is a season not to be sending extra to the house and really just focus on shoring up what you have, making sure you're living within your means and waiting for a period where this has passed, things revert back to a more normal situation and then maybe you get back to uh, getting that house paid off. But I appreciate you checking in with us. I don't have a silver bullet for you today other than to say, trust the Lord and stay the course. And these principles uh, will work over time. There's no doubt about that. God bless you. Uh, Robert's in Chicago. You're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. My question is, uh, well, concern. Uh, I want to pay off my car I have about another year, but I'm just tired of sending it payments. So I just want to just pay it off. And I know my credit is going to take a hit. And yeah. how, you know, how big and how long, you know, uh, you know, I just want to, I'm tired of just sending in payments every month. I just want to <laughs> pay it off. 
Yeah. Robert, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you have the ability to pay it off, you do it and don't look back. Could it affect your credit score? Yeah, it probably will. Why? Well, um, you know, ultimately it's going to change your credit mix. You know, this uh, installment account is going to come off uh, the record, or it'll still be there, but it, it's no longer an active account. So it's going to change your credit mix. It may change the overall age of your accounts. Uh, you know, that will certainly uh, could affect you, but it's going to be minor and it's going to be temporary. The key is that you remain as an on-time payer, keep your credit utilization low, meaning the balances you're carrying versus the limits on the revolving accounts. And there's no reason to pay a dime of interest more than you have to for credit score purposes. Yes, we need to keep our credit score in mind, and there are some significant implications if we allow that to get away from us on the downside, but any kind of impact that would have come as a result of you paying off this car is not worth you hanging onto this debt any longer than you have to. Uh, Are you planning to go out and seek credit for any additional purchases, house, car, credit card in the near future? No. Okay, so then it doesn't even really matter. I mean, it's an arbitrary number that only matters when you need it, and it doesn't sound like you really need it. You're trying to get out of debt, not go back into debt. Uh, So I wouldn't think twice about any impact on the credit score, sir. Oh, okay, then. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm going to pay it off this week. Okay. I'm so glad you are. That's great. God bless you. Well, folks, uh, we are about out of time today, but we appreciate so much all of your calls. You know, here's what we want to do each day on this broadcast. We want to understand God's heart as it relates to our money because we know there's 2,300 verses in God's Word that deal with money and possessions. And the reason for that is because there's so much to say about our money and our hearts and ultimately our walk with the Lord. Would you come back and join us tomorrow? We'll be here for another edition of Money Wise. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you.